So Jesus, remember uh, when he's just a young lad, um, his parents take him to the temple. They go to Jerusalem, right? And um, so this is this is in Luke two, and um, and 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 again, it's really kind of amazing because you know they they take him and then they they're going back home. Uh, and they, it's after three days, they miss him. Wouldn't that be weird? It, you know, you have the Son of God in your care. You know, you're responsible for them. And, uh, man, you, you're, you're, you're a bad dad. Um, so, but after three days, they're, they're missing him, right? And so they go back. And remember what, what happened? He's, they find him, and he's, <clears throat> he's with all these rabbis. I mean, rabbis are really cool. I, I, I had some instructors that were rabbis, and they're just so, they're so knowledgeable, and they tell all these stories, and they, they're so passionate and everything else. But, but Jesus is just 12 years old, and, he, and he's sitting down there. He's not just listening to them. He's asking them questions. And that in itself is a clue, um, because he's not just waiting for something to come to him. He's got questions. You know, I, I, took, a, I took a speed reading course in college because I got freaked out. Man, I wasn't learning stuff fast enough. And so I got I to gotta be able to process stuff faster, you know? So I went and took this, this speed reading course. And what they tell you in the speed reading course is to look at the highlights, look at, you know, look at the document ahead of time so that when you're going through it, you have questions. You're not just trying to figure out what's happening to you as it comes. No, you're, you're expecting to get an answer for something as you're going into it. So this is how Jesus was at the temple. He's not just waiting for the rabbis to tell him something and then, <laughs> and then not remember it. No, he has questions. And what are his questions about? And this is partly what I want to get to is, is they're, they're, he's discovering who he is in these, in these scriptures. So when he's looking in there, he's, he's very interested because he wants to find out about himself. But it's not just about himself that this is. And I, man, I think we can get some keys from this. Uh, uh, so they, they, they come back and they find him in his, uh, let's see, uh, uh, verse 48 says, So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look. Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not, not know that I must be about my father's business? Man, his dad had to have some, you know, <laughs> this is happening to me some with, with Braden, because I mean, I'm, I'm his poppy, but I'm also his dad, you know. And so he gets around to Hayden, though, and then that's his daddy, you know, and so that's, that's. Jesus must have been messing with Joseph's head. Joseph already knew that it wasn't his natural, he wasn't his natural father, you know. And, and, and um, you know, Mary's trying to be nice about it and saying, don't you, don't you know what you've done to your, your father and me? And Jesus says, no, I must be about my father's business. And so I, I just want to, man, what is the father's business? And I've had problems with that before. I don't know about you, but it's like, so your father's business is asking questions of rabbis? I, th I thought about it this way because um, 
You know, we have a lot of businesses coming into this. this. When we moved here uh, in 2004, there wasn't hardly anything here, you know. There wasn't all 1431 stuff out there and, and all that. Uh, <coughs> there was just um, Chili's. That was pretty much it, right? And you had to go to the mall to get anything more, you know. Uh, and so there's a lot of businesses come in, in here. But, um, you know, you can almost tell if a business is going to make it when you first come in the door. You know what I mean? So there's there's a there's a barbecue place over by us off of 1431 now, uh, Style Switch in in Buddy. Man, that's just a little place. It's like Style Switch. Anybody go there? Kind of kind of pricey, but boy, it's tasty too. It's really good stuff. And um, did anybody see that place that was in there before them? It was I think it was a wing place. See, I can't even remember what it was hardly. I, I it, was, it was like a wing place, and man. You, you sit down, you think, this place ain't going to make it. Service is bad. Nobody's in there, you know. And it's like, ah, something's not working. This business isn't going to make it because there's more to business than just having something on a menu. There's a lot of elements to that, you know. And and I remember there was a place we used to go after church. It was an Italian place over off of... Uh, Crystal Falls, no, was it Crystal Falls, yeah, it was, yeah, it was next to the Walgreens there, I think, yeah, Lu Luigi's or something like that, something like that, and I felt so bad for them because I got that same feeling, but I liked the food, you know, but you go in there, there's just nobody there, it's like something's wrong, either it's the advertising or I, I don't know, but um, so so when Jesus is talking about he must be about his father's business, so God must have a business. <laughs> and there must be something about it that, that he, when it's being done the way he wants it, it's, you're not going to have a feeling like, how long is this going to last? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I one, one more little illustration. I, there was a few, uh, a few years ago, there was an online um, college that offered the first eight weeks for free of a master's in, in business, an MBA. So I took that, and um, I didn't have the resources to continue. Plus, I was climbing on roofs and casting and stuff, so I didn't continue it. But, but I enjoyed, I, I, I kind of enjoy the, you know, that learning process and, and the classes and whatnot. And what I found out about business is that it has a lot to do with relationships. You know? And it has a lot to do with planning. Has a lot to do with preparation. Right? And if something hasn't been, if, if you're getting that feeling, it, it's because things have not been planned well and there's not a connection with the clientele. There's, it's not working. So when you think about Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business, well, everything, because when you think about what did Jesus come to do, what was the business that Jesus came to do? He came to save the world, right? And he, he was a very integral part of that. It, he saved the world, but what was he doing at 12 years old to be about saving the world? He was finding out about himself. Does that make sense? 
So even though he's not out saving the world at the moment, what he is doing is his father's business. And so I'm, what is my father's business for me right now? It's not just going to be saving the world. It's going to be finding out who I am, having questions, getting into it. You know, it's like we talked about on Sunday. <laughs> you know, it's about who we are. Amen? Because we have a purpose. We have something that God wants for us to do. But to be about his business is going to have some other elements to it. So let's go back to uh, Psalm 40. And it, it, this is just so, you know, David is such a, an example of this. Because what made David so useful in the kingdom? I mean, we just kind of have to admit, David was kind of useful in the kingdom, in the, in the father's business. But what, he had so many different parts of him that made him that. You, you know, when, when, when he got out on the, on the field of battle against Goliath, it was demonstrated that he didn't just have a fluffy relationship with God that just was singing and, and you know, floating on clouds and stuff. He knew who he was. Right? What made him able to go against the giant wasn't just his psalming ability. It was that he knew he was circumcised and had a covenant with a God. And this guy did not. Where did that come from? That came from Scripture. David, late, later on, he, he had a, a relationship with the heart of God. He didn't just see the law as something that was constricting. He saw it as something that was re revealing of who God was. Amen? So... Because of that, he had an intimate relation, right, relationship in worship. See, sometimes we, we want to just be able to turn on the tunes and just feel like we're in worship, you know. But there is, our worship is limited to our understanding of our God. Because true worship isn't just a sound. True worship is an expression of a relationship. And the more we know about that relationship the more precious is. And so in David's case, what his worship did, it didn't just take him into a one-on-one. -on -one. It took him into a business relationship with God. Now, now God was able to use his songs for a prophetic purpose. But it wasn't just because he, he liked to sing, because he had an understanding. So that when he went to sing... When he went to, to write a psalm, it's amazing how many times he's speaking from the, from the position of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? How many prophecies came from the psalms? Isn't that amazing? And what was that? So, so what was happening in David in, in being about his father's business, knowing who he was, responding to who he was, and the will of God? Remember, he, he would never... Go against the anointing. He would never just do what he wanted to do. He messed up, you know. He, his flesh got the better of him once, but what did he do? He said, God created me a clean heart again. Make me right. He always went back to God. Why? Because he knew who God, he knew the heart of God. And that's what brought him back all the time. So what it, what it enabled him to do was to speak things 
that Jesus would go to the temple and ask rabbis about it to discover who he was. Isn't that amazing? So David's business was God's business, his father's business. It was enabling Jesus because it's all about the father. Isn't that good? <clears throat> so this is one of them here, and, and, and it'll, it'll reveal some of this in this uh, Psalm 40. Y'all doing all right? Okay. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. So this is, this is actually, if you go back and look at the com, uh, commentaries on this, th this is actually Paul, uh, Paul um, David speaking on, on behalf of Jesus. This is the voice of Jesus speaking. And he said, your thoughts towards me are so many that we cannot even begin to recount them unto you. What is he talking about? He's saying our identity from you is so deep. It's so great. There's such a discovery of who I am in your thoughts. Isn't that amazing? So there, there, there's kind of a process of the business of God going on here. There's this discovery of the thoughts of God, this, this elevating of the thoughts of God. As they relate to us, that comes first. Isn't it, so, so this kind of goes in a sequence. First of all, he, you know, it almost sounds disconnected. But he starts off with talking about how great God's thoughts are towards me. It's a wonderful way, way to approach the word of God. That It's not just a bunch of information or laws. or uh, No, these are the thoughts of God towards me. Amen. And, and when, you, when you begin to approach it that way, you get a Jesus approach to the Father's business. Now I'm connected to it. What, is, what does the Father need for me to do in this business? You can tell, again, what's going on in a business that's making it? Somebody's passion is involved. This isn't just something they're trying to make work. There's a dream. There's something bigger going on. Amen? And so he says, all these thoughts are coming to me. I find my identity there. I'm discovering myself there. Oh, questions rise when it gets personal. Right? When you're, when you're, when you're going into the world, I, I, how many are reading along with us every day? There's something to discover there. That, that, that brings revelation of who we are all the time and how we can, we can adjust and make differences. So what's he saying? All these, all these thoughts are coming to me and there's, 
there's a kingdom business that's going to need to take place. This is amazing because David's right in the middle of sacrificing. He's right in the middle of a time when all this is still going on. And yet he's given revelation that this is not enough. God has something else that he needs to do. It's not about just those, um, that religious process that's going on. He says, I have something else to accomplish, right? And so then verse 7, it says, then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of who? Of me. So what's he doing? He says, behold, I come. And this is where the, this is where it indicates that it's Jesus. He says, I'm responding to what I'm discovering there. Not only am I seeing myself in there, but I'm seeing it's it's God's business that's about me. Amen? And so now I'm responding to it. And then he gives what his response is. He says, it's not just me. I've come to declare. I've come to be. I've come for my life to be a declaration. So what is the Father's business? And, and so how do we connect with this? And I see the, the three parts of this are... Our discovery of self, sacrifice of self, and purpose of self. That we become the reason why, and, and you know, sometimes, um, so, sometimes we can be too disconnected, like uh, God's just going to do something because he's sovereign. But he needs us. He needs employees. He needs laborers like we, we saw uh, on Saturday. You know, he, it, it's, it's the people that are, are taking this to heart. But it's not enough to just find something in the kingdom that we're supposed to, to do and feel like we're compelled or obligated to do it. No, the purpose of it is the same as Jesus. It's actually to discover who we are first. Even if we're cleaning toilets, even if we're just, you know, the smallest thing, where does it get, it, it, it's when I know who I am, I'm an integral part of the business of God. And it changes everything. Changes the atmosphere, you know. So this is Jesus' example of that. He says, and David's the one that's revealing it. Isn't that cool? So then we get back into Hebrews here, Hebrews 10. And uh, it gives us this entering in. So what Jesus came to do is to draw us in, not to just this personal relationship, but to the, to the business of God. We are supposed to be about our Father's business. You know, uh, uh, Melanie was, was praying this today, that, that you know, there's, there's purpose for us in the kingdom, but it should be something that, that it's like we're driven on the inside. What, what drives us? What, what is, what do we, you know, you don't have to, to encourage us to, or say you have to do this, right? It's like you're, you're drawn along towards this. It's like, if I'm not doing this, man, I, I love this about prayer. How many enjoy just praying in the Holy Ghost? Just, you know, and, and there's, sometimes I feel like, man, I have to. I really need to do this. Not, not because... I, I mean, not from an outside have to, but from an inside have to. You know, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> you're, you're craving it. And, and, and there's, there's, there, there might be a, a burden. You know, we used to call it burden, and I, 
Burton's gotten a bad name, you know. But, but, but when, you're, when you're praying towards something, when things need to be dealt with, you know, and it's like I, I, I have to, I'm compelled to, to give myself to this, you know, right? So this is what we've been drawn into. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 19, because uh, it talks about what Jesus actually accomplished. Jesus did his part, but the Father's business is not over with. We've been called into the kingdom for just this time right now. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we, see sin, if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. What does that sound like? That sounds like a business that's failing, <laughs> the last part, right? <laughs> Something that is required in a business is that its doors be open. You know, um, if you can be open 24-7, that's a good thing. I worked at a convenience store that was open all night long. I worked the night shift. I got punched in the face. Somebody was trying to do a beer run, you know, and so, and I got there just after they'd been robbed one time. It was on the bad side of Tulsa. It was over on the north, northwest side of Tulsa. Um, but there's, there's a purpose for us drawing near, and in, the, in this passage, and, and this is what Jesus enabled for us, his purpose in going to the cross and doing all those things was always about us. So kingdom purpose, or kingdom business, father's business, it requires this process of our discovery for a, a purpose that's beyond us. So the personal discovery must come with a, a sanctification from the flesh, a sacrifice of the flesh. So why do we need holiness? Because you have a really bad Holy Spirit business without holiness. You know? <laughs> and that's why the Holy Spirit is so helpful with this. It says if you'll just walk in the Spirit. Oh boy, i got to walk in the Spirit just so my flesh won't get it. No, there's a kingdom purpose for this. That somebody's life. Aren't you glad that Jesus laid down his life so that we could be saved? Did you know that our laying down our life is part of our Father's business 
so that somebody else can know God because we've just chosen to discover who we really are in Christ. Not so that we can just be victorious in ourselves and be feeling good about ourselves. No, when we find out who we are in him, now we lay down our life and now it's no longer us that lives, but it's Christ living in us. That's what we find out there, right? And then we don't forsake assembling of ourselves because that's where the business is. The doors aren't open if we're not assembling. Amen? I don't know. That, that kind of gave some, some, some purpose in this passage to me. And, you know, uh, uh, in, in our society today, there's just such a, man, I, I was thinking about the, the uh, you know, the whole marriage thing, you know, because we got this marriage bill that's coming up and, 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 and all this, these, anytime, anytime a, a nation goes under, which you could say a business goes under, but when nations go down, it's, it's, it's led by a sexual perver perversion, a, a diversion from what God says about stuff, right? And how people can just so, they, they almost make it like you don't care about people unless you let them be sexually deviant. This is not just your sexual preference. It's your sexual deviance because it's apart from what God says. Amen. Now they can come up. They can. They and you know they can get mad at me right now. Whatever, but it's it's not loving somebody to tell them it's, it's okay what they're doing, right? And so if we're going to be a part of the uh, of the Father's business, there has to be this purification of our flesh that will precede a legitimate participation in his business right you know I mean it's amazing how some of these athlete athletic clubs and, and you know different businesses will completely uh, cancel somebody that happens to believe something you know it's it's amazing how the world can do this on such a the opposite side that we're going to cancel you. We're going to we're going <laughs> to not communicate. We're going to disconnect from you completely because you don't accept something that's perverted. And yet, there should be on our side. There should be this this the reverse attitude that we are not going to allow something that's perverted into our lives in the least. It's kind of like what we're reading out of. What is it? First Corinthians five, I believe today, right? Is that what it is? And and Paul starts talking about you know, because people people want to make it like grace is okay and it doesn't really matter what it makes everything okay and 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 you know it, it, and Paul man he gets right in the middle of this it says so somebody's having relationships with their mother and he says well dad's wife you know I, you know I guess that couldn't. Maybe not be your mother. <laughs> well, I mean, people do that, you know, whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all messed up. But he puts, he puts the, the onus, he puts the pressure on the people for accepting it and allowing it to be. 
you know? He said, you're the ones that are wrong. You should excommunicate that person and turn them over for the destruction of the flesh. Wow, that's pretty rough. But you know what he's doing? He's operating in the Father's business. Why? Because you don't go boldly to the holy place and expect to entertain filth, right? And then expect to actually bring people to that holy place when you're worried about whether you're going to offend them by declaring the way really things really are. You know, what is the kingdom business? God passionately desires for us to be completely free from sin. Sin brings death, whatever it is. He passionately desires. Is he trying to keep us from something? No, he's trying to deliver us into something. That's his business. That's why Jesus came. Not to just get us a ticket into heaven, but to get a ticket into holiness. What's that? That's complete whole freedom from every work of evil, every curse of evil. Amen? Oh, let's keep going here a little bit. All right. So Philemon is, is, is one person that's kind of a great example of this. It has to do with faith. So um, this is Philemon 1, and I'm just going to read some of these first um, verses from there. It says, from Paul, he's write, Paul's writing this letter to Philemon, a prisoner of the anointed one, Jesus. And Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our precious friend and companion in this work. And to the church that meets in his house, along with our dear sister, Aphia, and our fellow soldier, Archippus. So, this guy is committed to the father's business. He's actually having church in his house. He actually has to clean his house all the time. Right? Although Mimi wouldn't have to because it's already clean. All right. It says, may, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ pour out his grace and peace upon you. I am always thankful to my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I'm hearing reports about your faith in the Lord Jesus. And how much, you, uh, how much love you have for all his holy followers. I pray for you that the faith we share may affect effectively deepen your understanding of every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. So Philemon, for Paul, is, is an example of somebody that is bringing the Father's business along effectively. His faith isn't just for him, it's for somebody else. Amen? And what he's praying for him, and this is for all of us, is that our effectiveness in the, in the, the kingdom business, in, in our father's business, is limited to our understanding of what we have, of who we are. The more we go into there, the more, the more we go boldly to the throne of grace, what are we supposed to discover there? We're supposed to discover a confidence that's going to enable us for his business. That's going to be about somebody else. You know, so many of us, uh, you know, we were talking about this on Saturday. Some of us are gifted, you know, socially and um, like to talk. And 
Some of us aren't. Some of us like to just be by ourselves, play our guitar in the quiet darkness. But none of us get out of being a part, doing our part in the Father's business. And it's consistent for every one of us to discover who we are to lay that down for somebody else. Philemon became an example for Paul of that. He said, so now I'm going to pray all the time. And what am I going to pray for you? I'm going to pray that, that as you are operating, that you're continually becoming more and more aware that this faith that we have in God, what is that faith? That, that's, a relation, that's a personal relationship that we've been brought into by the blood of Jesus. That that enables you to understand more and more who you are, what you have in that, because for you to continue to be effective, you have to be established in that continually. If that's true, then this is where we're going to be challenged the most. This, who we are, and that our vision goes beyond ourselves. And it becomes effective. So it says, uh, in, in the seventh verse, it says, Your love has impacted me and brings me great joy and encouragement. For the hearts of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you, dear brother. Now, this is somebody, he's not really a preacher or anything, is he? He's just a, somebody that's doing his part. But Paul's passionate desire is that he would discover everything that's been accomplished for him in Christ. And from that will come a sacrifice that produces the heart of God in somebody else. One more. Almost touched my screen like it was an iPad. Um, Jude 1. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. So Jude has been actually talking about people that cause division and strife. And you know, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this this way. Because sometimes, um, and from where I stand, I see people on different levels of commitment to the Father's business. And I would just say that with regard to to a commitment to, to faithfulness here. And a lot of times what I see in people, and, and, and it's no condemnation, but it's kind of like prayers, uh, prayer to, Paul's prayer to, uh, for Philemon, is there's, a, there's a, a disconnect from an understanding of where they fit into the Father's business. That if the doors aren't, if they don't open the doors, they're not open. <laughs> Some doors not open through them. Does that make sense? So, so what, what we can, something that's going on in our life, a, a, an oppression, uh, a stronghold, something that we're dealing with, what happens, what the enemy wants to cause is division. He wants to cause us to become separated. He wants to preach social distancing to us, like it's a solution. <laughs> and just like our immune system it's made to need encounters. You know? And our in our in our immune our spiritual immune system requires contact. And and for the for the father's business to be accomplished through anybody, there needs to be this commitment to the body. Instead of feeling like this is just my little thing what I'm going through 
and, and withdraw, right? So, so what we're given in this relationship in the body is an opportunity to grow in our faith. And we, and we talked about this, the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Hebrews talked about go, drawing, coming boldly to the throne of grace. How do we do that? We don't just go there without the Holy Spirit. We go there with the Holy Spirit. And this relationship that, that we have, this precious thing with Jesus, it's, an, it, it's enhanced. It builds up. So in, in, by praying in the Holy Spirit, we talked about how wonderful, how we feel like we're craving to do that. What is the purpose of that? Because it builds us up in our holy faith, right? Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And, and then it says, and so we're, we're doing that instead of allowing ourselves to be so consumed with ourselves and being disconnected, becoming part of division. You know how hard it is to build something? I believe this is the Father's business here, New Life Church. Amen? You know how encouraging it is when everybody is doing their part? When everybody's just faithful just to show up, how much better it is? There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a strength that is brought. Amen? I'm preaching to the choir. We don't have that many here right now. But this is a truth, isn't it? Amen? This is the Father's business. So how do you keep from becoming somebody that gets caught up in, in compromising and something that actually is going to cause division in the body? You pray in the Holy Spirit. You build up yourself in your most holy faith. That is, that is something where, you know, you're, you're, you're being overwhelmed by something. You start praying in the Holy Ghost. It takes you to that place that's real of the Spirit. Amen? And that's how you actually keep yourself in the love of God, in that relationship with, uh, with Him. And then you're able to minister. You're able to do the work of, of the Father. Amen. The Father's business. It says, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the, the garment defiled by the flesh. You know, you could go into that, right? We we don't even, we don't, we don't tolerate even in the least. How do you how do you keep from compromising in the least? You, you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then let me just finish with this. Now to him who's able to keep us from stumbling and to present you, what? Faultless before the presence of his glory. And this is the wonderful part. This is the Mark thing to think about, right? With exceeding joy. Remember what Mark said? He said, joy is the business of heaven. Right? What is joy? It's kind of hard to be joyful when you're overcome by anything. When you're in sin, it's hard to be joyful. When you're lacking, it's hard to be joyful. So the kingdom business, the Father's business is about bringing deliverance and abundance in every area of our life to bring us into exceeding joy. And what is our purpose? It's not just for us, but it's for somebody else. Somebody else's salvation, abundance is dependent on me Finding out who I am, laying down my life, and then being like Jesus and saying, behold, I come. I come to be your Lord. 
I come to lay my, I'm not going to withhold. We didn't read that whole thing. But he said, I did not withhold myself in the sanctuary. I did not hold myself from proclaiming how great you are. You know, we don't have to like be great preachers or something. But we, there needs to be, we need to be a walking smell of God. You know? How does that happen? Because we hear a, a message about it? No. Because we become very inquisitive about who we are. And when we discover who we are, Everything else becomes easy to let go of. Amen? Easy to cut off. Easy to sacrifice that. Amen? And then we have this wonderful purpose of fulfilling the heart of God. God cares about our neighbors. God cares about those people in the, in the supermarket. You know, God cares of, about somebody that, that our smile, that our word of encouragement, that our... And then beyond that, God has a... a, has a, has a a revelation to share through us that is bigger than what we can see ourselves in right now. But I love it because there's a, it's a progression that God's taken us to. Amen? With exceeding joy. I, I just wanted to take a few moments. Can we do this together? Because I just want to practice this a little bit in our relationship with God. I want to pray in the Holy Ghost just a little bit. And as we do, I, 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 wanna, I want us to drink of, this, of the Spirit. I want us to just get a little bit intoxicated, and I want us to have some joy on purpose. You know, we don't have to wait for some kind of move. We don't need to wait for Amanda in a, in a floaty, you know. I, I want us to do this because this is, this is our life. And, and sometimes I don't think we realize that this is, we must be about our father's business. And this is the father's business. Partaking of joy is the Father's business. Man, I've, I've been so encouraged in this because I tend to, to, to go down the dark road, you know, in my thoughts and whatnot, you know, and, and, and hopefully I don't come across that way too much. But, but you know, there, there can be a tendency to, to and, and the same as praying in the Holy Ghost, I can begin to put on joy. Amen. Because that's where we're being drawn. That's where our strength comes. That's where somebody can tell that we're different. Amen? 